emotional awareness. That's the key, right? Emotional intelligence. It's enriching to have it and be in relationship with it. So I know that I'm talking about healthy masculinity, but I'm talking about everybody in some sense too, right? Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prevo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Body. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kicking it off with a solo cast. Heart share. I'm doing a heart share on healthy masculinity. Yeah, it's a big one. There's so many ways to address it. Now I'm going to just address a little bit of it. It's a droplet, but I think it's profound. And this podcast, I really think, is for everybody, not just for men. Some of the things I say as human beings, it's important to feel and focus and strive for, for the intent of experience this, the existence of being a good person. Not a nice person, a good, good-hearted person. So I think a lot of women will get a lot out of that. Look at how I said women. <laughs> a lot of women would get a lot out of it, understanding more about your man, also reflecting what you want to experience in connection with your man. I discussed a little bit the importance of fathering and fathering our sons to transform and change many things that need changing in this world. And this podcast was actually inspired by, I want to say, my friend Lee Warren. Lee's been on my podcast before. We did one on bridging the political divides and alternative relationships. And Lee actually spurred with conversations and questions that we had a discussion about of what is healthy masculinity and in all different areas. And it percolated to me that some of the areas that we were talking about, I wanted to veer away from uh, some part of the unhealthiness of, of men and the toxicity. Yes, I do name and talk about that. It's out there. But I wanted to focus on what actually can create healthier men and healthier masculinity. So thank you, Lee, for that inspiration. And hey, man, you want here's something that you can get some brownie points on. I got a workshop on right before Valentine's Day. So that's something that you can do with your woman, a live Zoom workshop on February 13th on the power of appreciation from 1 to 5 p.m. on Sunday, February 13th. Yeah, that's right. Connect and learn how to deeply appreciate each other. What better way to start off your Valentine's celebration? And you can learn more about it and also register at my website, Prepo. I also want to focus on my appreciation practice. In my podcast, I had two donors this month. 
to donations from supporters. I would like to thank Sean in Washington and Nira in England. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and your financial donation. It really helps for the production cost to put this out to you in the manner that it is sounding good and together by my man, Matt. Appreciation to you, Matt. Thank you, man. My producer and sound engineer. So if you want to support the podcast in that way, you can go to my website, prepo.com and click on the podcast and support the podcast. Thank you, everybody. So let's explore it. Healthy masculinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Healthy masculinity. What the hell is it? What does it look like? A lot of opinions about that. Well, I'm going to share another one. I'm going to share mine. I know I love being with men in my work. You know, therapy is supposed to be this realm of feelings and vulnerability. And it used to be said as woman's work. You know, that's what's in men's mind. But then when they're really there with me, it's a place for them to just be and be authentic. You know, to let go, let go of the power and responsibility they've wielded for so long. And they want to be vulnerable. And I think men really want to be soft. We want to feel that part of ourselves and understand that that's being strong and courageous. See, a lot of men don't realize that. You know, when they look at vulnerability or how we were taught around vulnerability is that it was a weakness and that you don't open up your juggler because you can get hurt. And that's why men don't do it so easily because it's so damn hard, right? That's why it takes so much strength and courage to be inside of ourselves of our vulnerability. And so me being with men in that form, I'm excited about more of the transformation that men are allowing themselves to do. I know there's a lot of toxic aspects of masculinity and there's many ways that men have not served the world in servitude, uh, didn't steward the world well. We know that if we look at the world how many challenges there are. But I don't want to focus on the toxic part. I want to focus on what creates the antidote for more toxicity and masculinity. So that's where I'm going to go. The honest and open communication that we men need more in our lives. You know, it's an understanding and acceptance of emotions. Plain and simple, men. You know, a lot of addiction and violence and acting out is the suppression and repression of hurt and vulnerable emotions. 
I want to see a, a society that fosters healthy masculinity, where communication is not only encouraged, it's more easily come by because men are open to learn it and it is taught at an earlier, earlier age. I think healthy men communicate. They talk about their feelings. I hear it all the time from their women partners. I want to hear what my man feels. I want to talk about it. And that's a dreaded thing for men. We need to talk, right? When men hear that, it's like, oh shit, what did I do? But when we get really in touch with our longings and what's most dear to us in life, things that bother us and we're able to express that in a way that brings people towards us and not pushes them away through our hardness or our aggressive energy or our silence and our apathy. I really do think for me, it's the best way to find peace in connection. It's the best way to connect and to find peace. And I love when men learn from other men in this way. I love being around men that are an advocate of what I'm talking about and are in touch with more of their feelings and their vulnerability and want to express it. You know, I've got my, my mandates that I go out with dear friends and I love talking to them hours on end about what is inside of us and, and our fears and our vulnerability, our, our triumphs, our connection of who we want to be more, our successes. I love that. And I encourage more men to do that with each other, to be in that space with each other. You know, you can learn to track connection. Tracking connection is being aware and tracking where you are, where the other person is, feeling the connection. Is it deep? Is it honest? Are you following what the person is feeling? Are you following what they're saying? Are you tracking what's inside of you and that you're feeling that wonderful multidimensional aspect of connecting and communicating? And I'll just put it out, like, man, do it with other men because it feels less shameful when you're fucking up and not doing it well than you are with your woman. Because <laughs> a lot of men, they save that part for their intimate relationships with their partners. And I would say, nah, don't save that. Mm -mm. Go ahead and have it with your male friends to be able to connect in a non-sexual way that's intimate. That's what your partners want too. They don't always want sexual connections. They want to feel safe in non-sexual ways, but in intimacy. I have a lot of men that they just don't understand it. When a woman says, yeah, I want to feel connection. And I want to feel intimacy in the way that we are together non-sexually. And I sometimes get to look at the man across from me and he's just glassy-eyed. He just doesn't get it. He's kind of like, I, I don't get it. And then I have to explain it to him not having the agenda of sex, of having the agenda of, of connecting with another human being. And so we men, you know, we've got this conditioning in society that being with men, the whole 
homophobic aspect of intimacy and closeness with men being taboo or challenged, shameful. I'd say blow that out of the water, man. The more you have it with other men, the easier it is going to be to connect with other people and women and your kids. I want to just speak from my personal experience in that I had that growing up. I was so damn lucky. More and more every year, I'm really appreciating how lucky I was to have a father that was very kind and soft and compassionate and caring and loving. To have that from another man gave me at an early age, my nervous system was comfortable around my father. A lot of men cannot say that. They cannot speak to that. And I realized that because my nervous system was comfortable at an early age around my father, I used to lay down as a child, teenager, and an adult with my father, laying in the living room in front of the TV, and we would watch TV, and my dad would always fall asleep really fast. But he would, I would be laying in front of him, kind of like him spooning me. And my hand would be up around my head as I was laying down. And he would caress the inside of my hand. He would touch it very lovingly and, and, and caring, and I would fall asleep. And there's something about feeling safe about falling asleep next to somebody, especially a big man for us men. So I put that out just to give you an idea of this is also where it starts. Even though some men never got that, it's never too late. Absolutely not. But to change and transform the world, I believe in this way, we can do that. Men that are fathers have a tremendous opportunity to shift and change the way masculinity walks in the world and care and love and kindness and stewardness comes from a strong masculinity. The strength that men do have innately in ways that we can now portray it in a healthy manner. And then there's not a lot of shame built up. I did not feel shame when my father would come and visit my baseball games as a kid, as a teenager, and he would come and he would sit down on the bench. He would put his arm around me. He would even give me a kiss. He would make a comment about a play that I made or didn't make. And my friends were looking over, father with his arm around, kid kissing him on, uh, on the face, sometimes on the lips. And I felt, personally, I felt like I was lucky. I was looking at him and like, yeah, man, that's my dad. That's my dad. And I can feel it inside of me right now. I miss that. I was 28, 29 years old when my father died. And I miss, those are the moments that I miss. And I'm so lucky that I had them. And I can pass that on. And I can give that to my son. So he can walk in the world with that energy and not feel shame around that kind of contact and feel more confident with himself. And his nervous system is low and calm. My boy Z is chill. <laughs> he is a calm human being. 
And you know, that was interesting. I, growing up, my, uh, I don't want to say, I, I love this game of, you know, playing cowboys and Indians because I love being the Indian. And the reason why I love being the Indians was I would watch, you know, movies and so forth. I love the Indian chief. I love the dude that was calm and chill, but he was strong. Everybody respected him and he didn't say shit. <laughs> he was just listening. But when he said something, it was really profound and really wise. Even if it was so simple of, hmm, let's go sleep. <laughs> Whatever it was that he said was really profound. He came from an inner knowing of the strength of listening. And that's what I would also say is a, a more feminine energy that if we men cultivate that more, the art, the, the incredible art of listening, listening with awareness and understanding and curiosity and interest. Because I know when I truly listen very deeply around my environment, my inner feelings and my inner energy and listen very intently to the person that is communicating to me, I'm now responding from an inner strength, a presence that is very profound. It's an element that I think is true masculinity, bringing that in. Because when I saw that Indian chief, just listening like that and responding from the presence, there was, there was strength in that. So I want to say something else to, to you men that have sons uh, that may have sons in the future of, you know, just soften them. Let them be as they are. That's the opposite of what we're taught. We're taught to make them hard. No, no, no. Soften them. Let them be as they are without hardening them against the world and also against the people who love them the most and the best. Don't pass on your burdens to them. Don't let them shoulder that. And I know that some men are probably thinking, soften them, people. What are you, crazy? Soften them, what does that mean? The sensitivity to care, to be kind, is such a strength. They would with conviction, protect that. They would truly protect things that are fragile and that need care and attention instead of destroying and stopping all over it. So we have to give them the tools to express their humanity. We have to help them let down their walls and so this must change. This is the way to change. I really do think this, man. We need our sons who know how to embrace their emotions. I think it can save our species. It will definitely save a lot of heartbreak. So yeah, this is, this is kind of a letting go process for a lot of men because that's the opposite. You know, letting go into our um, our vulnerableness, our natural aspect of being authentic of really who we are inside. You know, men feel that control should be in their reach. And if we deny vulnerability, then I think 
when men deny vulnerability, I really do think that then they seek to dominate others and also dominate the natural world in order to actually escape from that anxiety. That's right. And we do not control outcomes. No. The best that we can do as all humans is to increase ways for more health and happiness. So men who learn to accept vulnerability and are relieved of the desperate need to control will be less likely to resort to violence uh, and abuse in their relationship with others. And I think that will create much more contentment, much more peace, and much more happiness. So this is a call for the courage to grow, man. Yeah, define your own pathway and journey of healthy masculinity. You know, it's, it's, I think it's beautiful in some aspects of, in society with sports. I know sports gets a bad rap in, in different ways with competition and, and the greed and there's all kinds of things. But on the essence of sports that I grew up with, it was a wonderful way to connect with men. I mean, when you look at sports, you see men hugging each other. You see men kissing on each other. You see them slapping each other's butts. You, you see them laughing with each other. And most of all, crying with each other. That's right. Either when they lose or also when they win, they allow that emotion to come up. It's in some way accepted in the aspect of showing up in society and sports. And I really do believe the teams that are really connected in that way, they excel. The teams that have strife inside and fighting and uh, backstabbing, they do not. In the long term, they do not. <laughs> I had this thought, instead of being a sports psychologist in my fantasy of working in that world, of the mindset of leadership and winning. Uh, I, I get that. that, that's important. But I also think what's important is to be able to help men in the group of their peers in a team to be able to express their fears, their doubts, their vulnerability around the other men that are probably nodding and saying, yep, I feel that too. Or now that I know that, I'm gonna help support you instead of looking down on that man for being weak. And expressing all that pent up frustration, that's gonna enable more flow of authenticity, who they really are. Well, I even have a thought that that's just not in the sports world, we can do that in the corporate world too. Yeah, that sounds pretty risky, doesn't it? But it's all, it's all about working together in this life, however we choose, whether it's in a family, a work group, neighbors and organizations, how do we work with each other? How do we feel safe enough to connect in order to achieve the things that we wanna do? And the way to do that is for us to bring out all of ourselves and our strength and our uniqueness and our own capabilities that we see within ourselves and others see it. Mm hmm. I'm excited. Can you feel it? <laughs>
Yeah, I'm excited for us men to have healthy aspects of masculinity. And again, I am not denying and put my head in the sand of the hard shit and the toxic that we call masculinity and the violence that's out there. I am not at all denying that whatsoever. I wanna refocus where that attention gets. Not deny it, not hold it accountable, but there's also a refocusing of the strength because within ourselves, if we see the strength and ways to move through it, then that's one of the best ways to heal it all. That's what I think. I wanna help foster good men, you know. I, I love when somebody says to me, Prepo, you are a good man. <laughs> it's so simple, but it hits, man. It resonates so deeply because that's what I want to be. What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. See, even Salt and Pepper says that. So... Mm, I want to encourage you, man, when somebody, especially your woman, says to you, how are you feeling? You don't have to just go, mm, I don't know. You can say, a part of me feels, right? When you say that, then I know that there's many parts inside of me. So we don't have to freeze and just go, I don't know, and come up with the one answer or the one answer that we know that he or she needs to hear or wants to hear. No. How do you feel, people? Part of me feels excited. Part of me feels vulnerable. Part of me feels tender. Part of me feels enriched. Part of me feels cocky. And a part of me is feeling very optimistic. I can feel all of those things at the same time, and right now I do. I'm looking out of my window. It's the first really cold day here in Black Mountain, North Carolina. It's like in the 20s, and it's about five o'clock and the sun is kind of coming down, and it's beautiful. The forest is beautiful now. As a man, I want to take in that beauty and not think about, all the wood that I just got delivered that I gotta go stack it and chop it and all that stuff. No, I wanna look out the window and pause and take a minute and feel the beauty and feel the appreciation of my life. That's another tool that we all can do is take a moment and pause and feel the beauty of our lives and be encouraged by that, that we're part of that and see the beauty within ourselves of even seeing the beauty outwardly that I'm looking at right now. Emotional awareness, that's the key, right? Emotional intelligence. It's enriching to have it and be in relationship with it. So I know that I'm talking about healthy masculinity, but I'm talking about everybody in some sense too, right? A healthy part of femininity is many things that I'm also focusing on the beauty to recognize the beauty. So another thing that I'm gonna put out to, to us man 
and to women is take a time. Take the time and feel what you're feeling when you're talking, <laughs> right? Fast talking, we can't even feel what we're feeling because we're talking so fast. So slow that down. I feel a little slower right now and I can feel my words more. So that's one way that a great tool for people to get more in touch with what they're feeling is slow it down. Take a moment to, to breathe and feel inside yourself and just allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, observing what you're observing, and that you have every freaking right to express it. Especially when you express it in a way that brings the person that you are talking to toward you, not pushing them away, not pushing them away with hardness and criticism and anger, an anger that pushes people away as opposed to your own expression of feeling it and talking about your anger, which is very different. Because that's one complaint that I hear from men. It's, I'm not able to express my authentic anger. Well, hell, man. Like, if you were on the brunt end of probably that kind of anger that we're talking about, you know, especially with a woman receiving that anger, men don't realize that, this is my opinion, that women have been prey for thousands and thousands of years, and it's in their DNA to have that fear of uh, dominance, of hurt and annihilation. And so when a man gets angry, the blood flow goes to his muscles and he gets large and he clenches his teeth. That's scary. Yes, even though I hear it from men all the time, I never laid a hand on her. I, she knows I won't hurt her. She may know consciously, but inside those cellular DNA of being a woman, of being a female, Mm-mm. No, it's scary. So I tell men to be aware. That's like having another man that's like seven or nine feet tall. Yeah, let's say nine feet tall, really getting angry at you. You know, that's the one thing about men's nervous systems. We're most afraid of men, right? And if we allow ourselves to understand that visceral aspect of fear with that kind of rage, I think we would have a different perspective. And I have, and that's why I continuously try to catch myself knowing that that's not the energy that I want to put out. I want to be able to have that person come towards me, not feel afraid of me, to respect me to come towards me, not disrespect me for the way that I'm expressing myself that is harmful. Man, there is so much to talk about in this area. So many different places to go with it. And maybe there was expectations for some of you listeners that I would go in certain places and so forth. And, oh, well, this is what I got for you. 
Um, but I'm going to do more of these. And I have other podcasts that are in the similar genre, men and emotional honesty or men and friendships. And they'll be all in the, in the show notes. If you want to go ahead, the links will be in the show notes. If you want to go ahead and check out those past podcasts. So I'm going to finish this right now. And I'm going to feel like I'm going to do things to be a good man. <laughs> uh, my wife is taking a walk in the forest and she's going to come home soon. And I, I want to be there for her. Uh, her mother, my sphere more, my mother-in-law, my mother in love is right now uh, transitioning from her body in Denmark. And it's a real tender and vulnerable days for us. And I want to also dedicate this podcast to her, to Kirsten. Uh, I so dearly love you. And uh, <laughs> she would post my announcements that I would make on Facebook and every podcast that I had. And she would always forward it. And I asked my wife, I'm like, does she really understand like what she's forwarding and she's like nah i don't think she understands she just thinks that anything that you're involved in is what got to be wonderful <laughs> that's how she was with me so i'm gonna be a vulnerable man and feel that and um yeah hold that space uh for my family so thank you kirsten for giving me and birthing the beautiful gift of your daughter so I can have her in my life. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Yeah. I hope dearly and deeply that you make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prebo Teplitsky, visit prebo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.